Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics, hardcore members of the IWSC, and all you casual fans who just like your pro wrestling on the TV. My name is Alex Ketchum, and thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. And this episode, we're going to be talking about the one, the only, The Undertaker. Of course, as always, I am joined by the man with the plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how are you? Doing well. Going to get down today in my own place. Safe and sound, baby. <laughs> Glad to know you're safe, Bob. And the captain of Keeping It Real is with us as well, Jake Russell. Jake, how are you? What up, though? Make sure y'all stay in space, six feet apart. Wear your mask. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because, you know, it's, this, this pandemic ain't about you. It's about everybody. You know what I'm saying? So get, get your shit together. Quit being stupid. Fuck. I want that shirt. This pandemic ain't about you. It's about everybody. For real. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I like that. That would be a good shirt. This ain't about you. It's about everybody. I, I want that on a mask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would actually make a great. We need, to, we need to tat it on people's fucking faces. <laughs> certain, certain people's faces. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> right. And so uh, wrestling, right? <laughs> yeah, wrestling. I mean, I, the captain of keeping it real does so well at his job. And guys, we were talking about wrestling, and one of the more, I guess, the hottest news in the wrestling world right now is, of course. The uh, via the last ride documentary series on the network, The Undertaker has officially retired after 30 years with the WWF and WWE. The dead man has hung him up, which is just it's sad, but I think he, I, I like, I, I like how he went out and uh. It's just a, you know, it's one of those things that always has to happen. Bittersweet, yeah. I guess you would say. So, well, go ahead, Bob. You got to go out on his own terms, man. That's that's what, I mean, in this line of work, you know, if we learn anything from the Edge storyline, like, it's so important to these guys to walk out on their own rather than be told to stop. So this is great. Like, congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, hearty congratulations to the Undertaker. Uh, he's got a great life, and he's doing, you know, he, he's doing very, he's done very well for himself, and he's basically Mark Calloway played, I think, unarguably the greatest character in wrestling history. Oh, without a doubt. Like, you know, what we're talking about, and I know this is not a measuring stick, but I think about all the licensing things that have like i haven't played a video game that didn't a wrestling video game wwe wrestling video game that didn't have the undertaker in it in the last what 20 years you know like all the stuff yeah all the the merchandise everything and you know thinking about supply and demand like there is a demand for this character there's never been a lull and i think mainly is because he's done so much with this character but stays true to this character at the same time you know, it, he never, he reinvented himself, but not to the 
point where it's like, oh, that's not my Undertaker. That's just a different version of this Undertaker, which I, I really, that takes a lot of talent to do. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the, uh, the Undertaker character, uh, on paper, I feel like it, it, well, he's like a half dead person that doesn't feel pain really. And, you know, like a Michael Myers almost, that's just going to be like stalking and then quick, you know. Uh, you think like, what? You know, no way. But he made it work and uh, he made it work. And then, it, and then the character evolved and became more of like a, like a you know, a person and he, the moves changed and then like everything kind of came back and like this, the, it, it's just an amazing career and amazing. And like just listen, like just following the story of this character alone throughout wrestling is just an amazing, it's almost like a book. It's like a good novel. Like there's lots of changes and like it, and the story progresses, but I mean, it, it's a great story. And I think it ended on a high note. And it ended, you, oh, sorry. sorry. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was that. That was a good gesture. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, but, but thirty years, man. Like it's crazy. It's like uh, that's like that's like big. That's like this is this is how long this person. If you're a wrestling fan or whatever, this is how long this person has been a part of your life. Thirty years, man. Yeah. Nineteen ninety, and like. He's like, and he, he, and he hung him up. He was like, I'm done. And it's like, wow, like, this is it. Like, it's almost like, uh, like, 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 uh, like a family friend, like a family friend or, or, or relative, like moved away or some shit <laughs> or, yeah, or yeah, something. It's like, it's like, the right. fuck, man. It's like, damn, man, like, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna tombstone anybody at the barbecue no more. I ain't gonna, ain't gonna see that shit. <laughs> It's like, it's kind of, you ain't gonna choke slam anybody no more. It's right. like, like you ain't gonna we're throw gonna nobody. Hear, we're not gonna hear the gong anymore. You know? No. It's, you know it's only when it's phone rings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna. And then, like, when he come back around, like, hey, tell me that story about when you beat that one guy ass in the boiler room. Tell that story. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's crazy, man. But that, but I don't know any athlete that's that went 30 years. I don't, I don't know anybody else who's done that. 30 years no. straight. You know what I'm saying? I think the closest lady would be like Ric Flair. Ric Flair went about. Um, Ric Flair went 30 and some change actually, but like not with one company, yeah. and not and he wasn't a character. He was Ric yeah. Flair. You know, he was a person. And it's, I think that's just, I think, and I think that's something to be said. It wasn't a gimmick. He was Ric Flair. And like, this was a, like a, a gimmick, like a, a character based a gimmick. gimmick that he turned, that be, evolved into more of the person, I think. But um, at the same time, it was, a, it was a gimmick and it's the greatest gimmick of all time. And it was, it's, it had potential to fail, I think, at the beginning, but he made it work. And I guess kudos to uh, the Undertaker, um, because it's just weird to think about wrestling without this person now. You know? Yeah. Well, not just made it work too. Like, think about how 
how different the product has changed through this three decades, uh, 30 years, man. Like he started at toward the end of the eighties when things were still rock and wrestling going, we're going into like, uh, like the Hogan era to, you know, to like the, the, what's it called era, uh, the attitude era to the PG era. Like he's, he's been through it all and still stayed relevant. That's, that in itself, man, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, it went from more cartoony to more like the demographics they targeted changed. Like the like, presentation went from more of like a cartoony to like a real realism. And then, you know, and back and forth. It's just, it's amazing. And it, it's just, it's yeah. just uh, a credit to what he, what he is able to do, was able to do. Um, with just so many different opponents. And I think I had the exact same idea, but I didn't bring it up, but Jake did uh, for this, well, this kind of thank you taker series, I guess we'll call it uh, part okay. one. Yeah. I like that. Right. It's uh, everyone picks like a non WrestleMania match. Cause we'll have an opportunity to talk about those at the WrestleManias. Uh, like a favorite undertaker match that was not a WrestleMania. And we all kind of picked a different favorite one. Um, and I, th- but there's so many, I think we're going to have, we're definitely going to have more than one of these episodes. Uh, I don't know if they'll all be together, but you're definitely going to come out at some point in time. So starting us off, uh, I actually picked his debut at a survivor series, 1990, you know, 30, what, 30 plus yeah, over 30 years ago, I guess it was November 22nd, 1990. So, uh, almost 30 years. And I like I remember watching this match on VHS, and like I remember the Undertaker character coming out with right, Brother Love, and the, the, I, I, there's so many things about the match that I want to talk about when we get into it. But like the debut, the gong, and the music, and like this mystery, this mystery guy, I I I, I loved it. It was so good, and it worked. Like it, the, the audience reaction yeah. and things, it was oh man. But so, I mean, why not start at the beginning, I guess? I guess it's kind of fitting, but I like this match and what he did in it beyond the fact that it was his, his debut. Like, this would have been good regardless if he'd have been around already, you know, but it just mm-hmm. worked so much better the way they presented him as like this mystery guy. And in that era, like a mystery partner was like a big deal and everybody wanted to know who it was. And, you know, this new oh, yeah. comes out and it was like, it was fantastic. Um. It's the dream team versus the million dollar team. So the dream team is co it's a survivor series uh, elimination match. It's Coco beware and the heart foundation who are the tag team champions with team captain dusty Rhodes going against the million dollar team, which is Ted DiBiase and rhythm and blues. You know, they have their, they have Virgil and Jimmy Hart on the outside and then they have the mystery partner who we don't know who it is. Uh, good guys. Uh, the dream team comes to the ring with to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes' music, maybe just a common man working hard with his hands. Mm. And then uh Million Dollar Man comes down with them in the blues and he announces his mystery partner, which if you watch it on the network right now, it says The Undertaker from Death Valley. <laughs> but originally, and like until okay, a couple of years ago, they edited it. 
But, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you could watch this on the network and it would say, Kane, the Undertaker. Oh, really? His name was Kane, the Undertaker. Wow. So, wow. A little interesting twist there. And then um, I think on the Brother Love podcast, or Bruce Pritchard's podcast, I think he even brought it up, like how they... I think his idea, he, he was partially responsible for the, the Undertaker kind of thing um, because he wanted to be a manager a little bit with Brother Love and have something the exact opposite, like all white, all black, you know, you know, love and like darkness kind of thing because he was like yeah. the preacher. Um, so they chose uh, the Kane name is something that like Bruce Pritchard was really a big fan of, but they changed it to the, like shortly thereafter, I think it was on Kane the Undertaker a couple times. Um, and then it was just the undertaker. Um, but yeah, originally it was Kane. And then they, they said like, well, think about it this way. You know, he had like the story with the brother again, like years later, like this brother will be introduced because the character is so strong. He has like backstory that can create new wrestlers, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so he wanted to debut honoring his little brother who he thought was dead. So he came out as Kane, the undertaker. Is what they was what Bruce Pritchard, how Bruce Pritchard explains it. Um, but he's managed by Brother Love, and he's from Death Valley, which is a kid. I learned geography through wrestling, so De I knew where Death Valley was before I knew all the states. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no better place that he, that he could he could be from. I love Doc all the places. You know, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico for Cactus Jack, and like you know, like all these crazy towns. And like the death, but just from Death Valley, which is the hottest, most desolate place in the entire United States. It's fantastic. Um, and he's managed by Brother Love, and he comes out to the ring, and the audience is just in shock. Like, yeah, there's just silence. They don't know what to expect. There's like funeral music playing, and this guy's coming out in all black, and he's six foot nine and looks like a zombie killer. So, uh, Right off the bat, any kind of any, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Like when, like the, when the announcement comes and he comes out of the ring, you know, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, first and foremost, like like seeing a young Taker was just like it, it's like like he he looked like even though even though like this outfit, I feel like the outfit he had on it looked for back then it was cheesy compared to what he wears now, but he looked scarier back then he just looked yeah. scarier back then and, and it, was, it was like damn like like he just looked focused like he just looked focused he, he just had that look in his eye he just looking in his eye like i'm fucking all y'all up you don't even know like y'all just don't even know like you've been fucked up you know what i'm saying like coco beware you first <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying you ain't your you, you ain't your fucking bird you first you know what i'm saying like he just but but he just he just looked he just looked focused determined like yeah I'm fucking y'all up for thirty years I'm fucking all y'all up for thirty years but one thing that <laughs> before but before all that before he even got in the ring <laughs> he walking down and who you say was commentating again Grill Monsoon and Roddy Piper yeah Roddy Piper yeah Roddy Piper the yeah. ham hawk. Yeah, man. Like what the fuck is that <laughs> that ham hawk? What the fuck is yeah. that? What are you talking about, man? Look at those drumsticks! Yeah. Like, what are you? Yeah, what are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you? Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, ooh. is a ham hock another like a nickname for a turkey? I don't know, uh, man. I don't, I don't know, know what a ham hock is. 
Honestly, out of the three of us, I was going to ask you what it was. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, Alex, you sound like you sound like you would say some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ask two guys from Detroit where the ham hock is. You don't know what that shit is. I don't know, man. Look, look, look yeah. at those man. And why is Roddy Piper saying that? He, why is he saying? That? Who knows? I don't know, man. Like, uh, but like that, that like. That that when he said that, that definitely took me out the focus of the day. He was like, "Well, because I was focused on that for a minute and a half. Like, what the fuck? Is he, yeah. Why did he say that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd like rewind yeah. it back because I'm like, what? because <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It was such a contrast because yeah, he comes out all scary. I mean, there's a couple contrasts. Like, you look at the Undertaker and you look who's inside the ring. No disrespect, but until then, there were there were. There are wrestlers who look intimidating, maybe mean, but as a kid, this is the first wrestler I remember who I was actually, like, afraid of. It's scary. So he's coming out all dark and stuff and, like, you know, really, really putting on the mystique. And then here comes Piper with the hand hawk thing. And, like, oh, that would have – that bumped me. Um, but, yeah, just him getting into the ring, like, going over the top rope, like, with the leg and everything. Like, oh, man, just intimidating. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I think Taker, like, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't watching wrestling, like, back then. Like, this was a little, like, this was probably a few years before I started getting into it. But yeah. he, um, like, like this company, like, he's obviously, like, they were pushing him as a heel. You know what I'm saying? I'm assuming. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the crowd – like, but the crowd loves it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and this is an example of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a good, like, this this was a good gimmick. This is a gimmick, and it was stuck, and it was great. You know what I'm saying? The crowd's into it. And, like, you know, uh, the crowd kind of controls, like, who the guy is. You know what I'm saying? Who the number one guy is. Who the face is. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I'm, I'm assuming they're pushing him as a heel. Like, Yeah, he correct? was definitely, like, a villain. He, like, about, I think um... – about two years in, because a year later, like the character's so strong, he gets his one-on-one -on -one with Hogan and he wins the belt, all right, um, for a brief period of time at least. And but he was definitely a villain, and I think the, and the crowd ate it up. Like kids would, little kids would cry when they saw this guy come out. Like he, yeah. And I think something that's all, a little forgotten about is like when he used to tombstone guys. Uh, Paul Bear would like throw a body bag in the ring and he would zip the guy up in a body bag and carry him out. And uh, like little kids would cry and stuff. It was, uh, he was like a, he was a, a, a character villain that was like so very powerful. Like, like you could see it in the, this match. Like, the crowd was into it because like, like well, they were also like in awe of it because they just never seen somebody like go out there and like not sell a punch. Not, you know, he was like, literally, like, you're not, they, they, these guys, like, you know, everybody's hitting him and stuff, and he just goes back, and then he just looks back down at him, you know, like, nope, still coming, you know. And he moved slowly, but then, like, you know, he would, and then this burst of, like, movement, you know, and then move slowly, and like, he would just stalk and then just release destruction. Stalk and release destruction. Like a fucking, like a fucking, uh, like, like, horror movie characters yeah like, like, yeah character. like michael myers or like uh, jason or something you know yeah yeah like all the little things weren't like 
ironed out at the time. Uh, but you see him walk the rope a little bit, and everybody just loses their lo- – like the crowd. that's when the, the crowd lost it. Like, what the yeah. – <laughs> so he just took a few steps, and, like, that's how uh, – well, we'll get to it. But so like, it starts out, and, like, a little trivia here. The first person that interacted with The Undertaker in the ring in WWF was Bret the Hitman Hart. And Bret Hart steps into the ring with him. And I think that, and I, I think the Undertaker and Bret Hart became like fast friends because uh, uh, their, their careers kind of were both kind of hitting new points at that time. He was coming out, but Bret Hart was going to soon be in a singles. And Bret would lay his shit in, which made it easier for the Undertaker character to play his part, right? You're supposed to knock me back. If it looks like you're just fucking around, I'm not going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to beat your ass, you know? But Bret Hart would lay it in. So he could play that character who just gets knocked back and then keeps coming though. Right. Right. Um, you had to right. stay on top of him. And then, uh, you know, but you know, Bret Hart can't do anything with him. Uh, so he gets out, the anvil gets in there, the anvil gets manhandled. So he tags out Coco beware jumps in and Coco beware gets his ass stuck real quick. <laughs> um, the, the tombstone, and ironically I mean, enough, Coco Beware's finisher was called the Ghostbuster, but he didn't bust no ghost. He got stuck. <laughs> he got stuck. And you know how they say, like every horror movie, you know, the, the black guy goes first. So, you know, <laughs> so he oh, it was very, uh, I didn't even very symbolic, that. very symbolic that Coco Beware had to go first. He had to die first. He had to get the tombstone first. But, you know, whatever. It's how it is, you know. I accept it, you know. Do <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I might uh, get you a birthday cameo from Coco Beware, Jerk. <laughs> 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 um, bring power driver to you. Um, but yeah, Coco goes down. Uh, the Undertaker had another, like another big. He would come in and out of the. Uh, and I like I liked uh, other thing at this time was like the characters all had like they were character you know the, the the characters would always have kind of like this I don't know, they would always have an Achilles heel, right? So like if you were a huge powerful guy you weren't fast, and if you were right. you know if you were like the smaller guy you know you could use speed and other things to you know there was always some way you could take advantage. And like this one, like, it seemed like they were kind of playing up that he was controlled by the guy on the outside, really, you know? Um, I think it's when they eliminate him, like, when he's eliminated later on, or he eliminates himself. But he was like, ah, he's big and tough, but he's not smart, you know? But mm-hmm. that would change. But like, I, I did kind of like that aspect of like the different characters and stuff. There was always some something to exploit. You know, you had you couldn't be impervious. You had to have some kind of weakness. Um, but in this match, like in this match, man, he, he when he chokes, like he does that choke slam. That's kind of like a, a, it's not really a choke slam. He just catches the guy off the ropes by the throat and just takes him down to the mat. Man, that just looked. Like that was just devastating. Like at the time, you know. Right. Uh, I, I like it when he did his first tombstone, and Grill knew what, what it was called, and like, and there's like an exchange between him and Piper. Like, how do you know? I, I just, I think this is what he calls it. 
believe it's called a tombstone. You've that. never met this man. You've never met this man. You don't know anything about it. I don't think you would call. This is what he calls it. <laughs> like three minutes before, you said you'd never seen this person before. But, yeah. Right. right. Oh, it's called the tombstone now. Or is it called the ham hock? <laughs> yeah. A ham hock, actually, I just looked it up, is the joint knuckle above that connects the pig's foot to the leg. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. That, 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 I'm even more confused now. But, um, yeah. He, he also he also said, look at those drumsticks as well. He also said that. I don't, I don't know, man. He might yeah, have been played up like the, thing. Thing, the Thanksgiving Day tradition, which is what Survivor Series was early on, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. okay. I still don't agree with it, but <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. For some reason, as a but, kid, like his his thing, calling someone a ham hock or whatever, like for some reason, it sounded like that was like a normal thing to me as a child. Like, oh yeah, people say that. But like looking back, nobody fucking says that. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, there's a lot of things you watch as a kid, and you say, and people will be like, "What the fuck is you talking about?" <laughs> it was on. I saw it on. You know. You know. They said this on Save by the Bell, you know. No, no one says that. No one, no one does time out. No one freezes time. <laughs> That's just you. <laughs> That's just you. Right. you know what I'm saying? Some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. um, I imagine like, like going around saying radical. Like no one, no one in real life said radical. That's something that the turtles brought up. <laughs> radical, radical or tubular? Like well, the. These aren't terms. These aren't real words. No, no one. Some old that. guy trying to write for kids. Yeah, no one says that bullshit. But um, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, Taker did get eliminated. Um, well, he eliminated himself. Um, you know, I'm a big. Uh, I'm not a fan of countouts, shit, <laughs> as you all know. But uh, yeah, I guess. I guess that had to happen for the match to finish, and the ma- and the match was, um, and the, and the, the the rest of the match after Taker left was still was still good, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, like it's as far yeah. as Survivor Series matches go, this is like one of my favorites. Period. Like just yeah. for like the match itself, I mean, it has so many cool things about it. But like you know, Dusty Rhodes is always fun to watch, um, and I think the Undertaker and the Undertaker being able to like manhandle Dusty Rhodes that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And that really like solidified like this guy is like this dude is not somebody to mess with, like in the audience's eyes, I think. And um, of course, like he does get counted out, which is like a necessary evil because they don't want to beat him. He doesn't, and even though he wasn't like the legal man in the ring, so there was kind of a miscommunication there. But at this Survivor Series, it's kind of important to note that like this was like the one where they did all of the survivors will make two new teams at the very end and then have another match. So there's only like true survivors. Mm. So Hogan and warrior, of course, are going to be in that. So they don't want to put the taker anywhere near them just yet. They want to build to right. it. That makes sense. So dusty Rhodes is eliminated by the undertaker. Then he goes after brother love and the undertaker leaves to go protect his manager. Um, Brother Love, who was who who was in Rat Face, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who was in Rat Face? Funny, funny note. That was actually a joke. So, like Bruce Pritchard wanted to do that character, and Vincent Man didn't want him to do it. So, 
he, you know, he pitched it to Vince, like as that character, like during a meeting, like just walks into some big board meeting and does like brother love character for him. So when he, before he debuts, like Vince is in the makeup, like next to the makeup chair, like talking to him and like, you know, hyping him up, but he gets the makeup lady to just red. So he had no idea. He was like just red, <laughs> had a red face when he debuted his brother love, but then they had to keep it. But yeah, so that was kind of a joke from Vince McMahon on. Yeah, Bruce. gotta be consistent. <laughs> right. Um. But yeah, the, the 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 debut worked, and like the crowd was like in awe. And then after that, like Bret Hart and DiBiase have like a great just wrestling match. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was a really good match. That was wow. Bret Hart will pull all these pin maneuvers out his ass all, all the time, like. Small package here, schoolboy here. He's pulling my everywhere. He's like, what the fuck, man? Like, damn. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was, it was trying to win, you know? It was like a, it, yeah. you know, that was the, and it was, it was great. And it, uh, DiBiase, like, you know, gets a quick win on Brett. And like, you see how frustrated he is. Like, a little side note Brett Hart's brother, Dean, had actually died the day before. And so this is kind of, and he dedicated the match to him uh, and had a great showing. And I think, like this is one of the the big supports of like him going getting a singles run. It was like what how he, how good he was in this match. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate it wouldn't come to like a little just a little bit later, because I think him and DiBiase could have had a great feud. Him and the Macho King could have had a great feud. You know? Yeah. Oh wow, that would have been that would have been a dream feud. Feud. Yeah. Only thing, only 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 thing about this match that I didn't like is that Nyhart didn't pick up anybody and throw them at their piece of sh- throw their piece of shit part. <laughs> yeah. Nyhart didn't do that, man. He didn't pick up honky tonk and throw them at like Greg the Hammer. And yeah. <laughs> he didn't do it, man. But I was expecting that. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, this was this this was a um, nonetheless this was a fun match to watch. Y'all should check it out, listeners, if you haven't yeah. seen it yet. Yeah, it's one of my favorite survivors, like true, like the traditional Survivor Series matches of all time. It's like probably the one that sticks out most in my mind as like a kid. Like this, like this Survivor Series pay per view and like this match specifically because there was just so much happening in it, you know, and so many big characters. It's great. Uh, 1990 Survivor Series, the dream team versus the million dollar team with their mystery partner. And yeah, I I feel like I want to go back and just watch this whole pay per view because it was, yeah. If this is just a taste, like I want, I want the whole thing. I believe this is also where the gobbledygooker makes his infamous debut. Oh, now I'm a hundred percent in. <laughs> Good God, gobbledygooker! You know, it, it's it's so weird because you gotta consider like McMahon on some level to be a genius, and, but, and then he allows this thing to happen. You know, <laughs> like it's just moments, like oh. It could have worked. All right. No, no, it couldn't have. It was he was it was, was a man in a turkey costume. <laughs> we're gonna, guys, we're gonna put out an egg on raw for three weeks. And people are gonna be like, What's in the egg? And then when they get what's in the egg, they're just gonna be so happy to find out. It doesn't even matter. Oh. That's how dumb we were in the nineties. That's what I'm saying. It could have been any. I mean, like they were like they, It could be. Oh, they made that. That's how dumb he was in the nineties. <laughs> that's how dumb he was. Like, that's true. That's true. That, no one wanted it. Don't put that shit on us. That, that was him. That's why people 
That's why people with a lot of money sometimes need babysitters. Sometimes. Eddie Guerrero's older brother Hector was the gobbledygooker. In case you didn't. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Like, you should look up online some Mean Gene Oakland interviews and talks about the gobbledygooker. Not a fan. And they're quite hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love that. And the outtakes are, are great. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Yeah, um, this, is my Bob, this is your pick. So go ahead. This is my pick. Uh, not my favorite Undertaker match, but one of my favorites just because I remember, I think this is like junior high, maybe high school, like how much hype there was to this. And so I must have been like 13, 14 at the time. Uh, it's SummerSlam 94, Undertaker versus The Undertaker. So leading up to this, I've, I forgot what happened, but The Undertaker has been put, uh, what he, how he says it, he'll never rest in peace, but he's gone. No one can find him. Um, Paul, Paul Bearer can't find him. He said the trail's cold. Uh, Mach, or not Macho Man, I'm sorry. Um, Ted DiBiase finally steps up and says, I, with my money and my my charisma and my my you know my contacts, I can find us an Undertaker. And then one Raw, we, we get an Undertaker. We get we get the fake Undertaker, and it, it's it's something. And I remember like the debates. That's not the real Undertaker. No, man, look at the tattoos. Like it was it was hot talk on on the playground or lunch table. Yeah, yeah you didn't have a playground in high school. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> but it was huge. And then, and then, uh, Paul announces that he, he found the undertaker and he's going to bring him in. So this is the pay-per-view where we get to see, uh, the, uh, the Druids for the first time, I believe. And they bring out the, the coffin and, and they, they unraveled the, the enormous urn that when it, when it, when the light came out of it, everybody was like, oh, shit. And it, it just, it, I just love the story. It's just so over-the-top, like, comic book-esque uh, in its content. And I love it. It's And, and a great match. It was, yeah, definitely the peak of the power of the urn, for sure. Uh, yeah. Urn got supersized in his uh, absence. Um, and, yeah, he had gotten... Uh, he had lost a casket match, which was kind of like the disappearance part. Um, Yokozuna, with the help of like every villain in the company, had put the Undertaker in a casket, and I think he like supposedly died and then ascended to whatever. But um, yeah, and I, I liked. I remember this storyline. I, I I didn't see the. I didn't watch SummerSlam like when it happened when I was a kid, but I remember. I remember this storyline. I, I remember liking how the million dollar man had stepped up because he was like, we just talked about, he was the captain of the team and it was his mystery partner. So he was like, I'm the one who brought him in in the first place. I know where he's at. You know, this is him. And yeah, the big controversy uh, with who's, which I remember like debating, like that's not the real one. I thought the one that won like the real undertaker, he had kind of changed his look so much, you know, he had gotten some new tattoos and he looked different. Like, no, that's that's not the original Undertaker. That's not him. <laughs> like the original. I remember, yeah, yeah, that was the big debate. Like, no, you oh, you're gonna tell me someone went and got the same tattoos of the Undertaker? No, it's a real Undertaker. I, that, that shows itself. 
<laughs> going back and looking at this, it was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> but yeah. at the time, Dr- like, drastically, drastically different. <laughs> yeah. Very different. Yeah, they were. It was like um, very, like, way shorter. <laughs> well, I don't want to say way shorter, but significantly shorter. <laughs> than him. Noticeably, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a common misconception that the guy who played Kane uh, and Isaac Yankum and a few other characters also played the fake Undertaker. That, that is actually incorrect. It's a guy named Brian Lee who played the fake Undertaker. Um, I was looking it up. He's built at like six seven, and Undertaker's like six nine. But like, if you know, they stand side by side, I don't, I don't think that guy's six seven. He's like six, maybe six yeah. five, six six. But yeah, there was a yeah, there was a good four or five inches, and like that, it just. I think I sometimes I forget how tall the Undertaker actually is. You know, he's a huge dude. Um, but yeah, this match, I. <laughs> I know that going into it, like Bret Hart and Owen Hart, there was a double main event. So Bret Hart and Owen Hart for the title in the cage, like went a little long and like they were upset about that because they didn't have as much time. Uh, but I kind of thought it was like watching this match again, like watching this match really for the first time, just sitting down and really watching it. I was like, eh, the shoulder was better. <laughs> you know, I don't think they could have gone much longer. Um, and nothing against Brian Lee. But, like, when you're trying to play another character, like, mimic somebody else, and at the same time be in the ring with them, I think it's kind of an uphill battle you ain't going to win. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrestling their style and everything. I think he did a fantastic job of trying to wrestle in, in, in the Undertaker style and everything. Uh, it was really cool to watch that. As, a, as someone who, who's done so many freaking mirror exercises, it was, it was cool to watch. Yeah, um, I liked. Yeah, that like, and I, I've made fun of the purple Undertaker stuff before. But like, when they do like the light in the background, like the backlighting and stuff, and he's just standing there. Like, I loved that look, like that jacket and like the hat and stuff. When he's just standing there, you just see a silhouette. Man, that looked badass. You know, mm. and the Undertaker's coming out, and like. And to to bring up what you said earlier, like with the pallbearer with the urn and like the, the the top is rattling and then it burst off and he's got that yeah. spotlight shooting out of it and he's so uh, yeah. So when I started when I started watching this, um, my girlfriend Natalie sat down with me and she doesn't watch wrestling. She's she's never been into wrestling. It's not her thing. We're still together though, and. And she's watching this. Really, Bob? Are, are you are are y'all really together still? Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I had to make breakfast after this one, but yeah. Um, she actually got into it. She's like, I kind of like this, you know, because she's. I I don't think she likes the style like we do now, where it's more like um. I don't know, like uh, it's too too real life, like you know, it's too like uh, reality TV, ish. Like, I think she did enjoy, like, it being bigger than life. And, like, just like the rest of us, got a really big kick out of uh, uh, Paul just doing that. It's shaking the the urn and stuff like that, like, the the theatrics of it. So that was kind of fun. Like, just watching someone else watch it for the first time was really cool, too. Like, it it was making me laugh. Like, yep, that was something. This is entertainment in the 90s. 
babe. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely agree with what Alex Far is saying. Like the uh, say shorter the better because I actually did uh watch the the match prior to this one before uh, last night. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then when Alex said that, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> what? <laughs> this, 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 this would have, this match, the, the time this match was is perfect. Like, it shouldn't have been longer than, what was yeah. it, seven minutes, seven or eight minutes? Like, I'm glad it was just that because lo- longer it would have been a little painful. Um, it, like, like, the theatrics of it was probably, better than the match itself and the return was better than the match itself, you know? Um, and you know, the, I just, I kind of like was expecting like him to like, just like dominate him, like, like just, just beat his ass. Like, 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 heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, like, I wanted him to like, just like, maybe kind of like a bit of an exchange, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the Brian Lee guy trying to, like, really, like, yeah, you know, like, I'm the Undertaker. You were, but I am now, whatever. Kind of, like, showing that. But eventually the Undertaker would be like, no, fuck you, I am. And then he'll, he'll dominate him. Like, you know, like, he'll do like he'll do all, all his moves. Like, walk on the rope, like, do that a bunch of times. Or uh, jump or fly off the ring a bunch of times. Or all this choke slam him a shitload of times. Like, just dominate him. <laughs> I was expecting that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, whatever, you know, a three tombstone is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, uh, uh, if doing it the way they did, like, I, I, I kind of agree, like do- just dominating him and just, cause they pretty, I mean, it was pretty much one sided. There was a few moments where like the, the fake undertaker kind of like came back and stuff, but I think I, like, if it had gone longer, I, th- I, th- I think like having this guy like, do the same things was almost like hurting the idea of the undertaker. Uh, I agree. And I I think like, what are you protecting at this point? Like after, after we find out he's a fake undertaker, we don't have to protect this character anymore. So have it be a total slaughter and get, let's get rid of this dude. Yeah, Either slaughter him or whatever, because like the whole, like, like I think they like in Vince's head, like they look so much alike and they, you know, they, no one will know until the, till the match is over. Then that's the real one. But it was like, no, right after the bat, we knew who the real one was. And I think it would have been better. Maybe if like that one guy who was the fake undertaker was getting dominated. So he just, he breaks character. And then just goes like, if you're gonna make it last longer, he stops doing the Undertaker stuff and just starts wrestling like a normal dude. Just like fuck it, you know, you know, and you just kind of like yeah. admits that he's the fake one or something, you know. I mean, it would also be cool. Like I've been playing the Undertaker for so, so long that I studied his skill set that I would be the best opponent because I know him so well. Almost like what Gulak is doing right now with his run. Like, oh, I just you know. Now I'm going to wrestle my own style, but I know the Undertaker so well, you know, I'm going to actually be a, a good opponent. Still lose because, you know, if we're getting the Undertaker back, we want full Undertaker. But it'd be kind of cool, like, to have that, you know, twist to it. Did Drew come back for the WWE? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, I believe he is getting uh, a match with AJ oh, nice. in a week or two. 
mm. and for the for the belts. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That was just like a whole, like I believe his his contract was up right around the same time everybody with with all the COVID things and they're releasing people. So I think that was that was the only thing that really, you know, blotched things up. So they they took care of it now. Plus, they just need people who are willing to come in and do stuff, man. Like it's it's getting light. It's getting hard to come up with new matches because they only have like only a few people on the roster who are willing to come in and and who are healthy enough to perform. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Drew Gulak's mate. Yeah, he's I'm a big fan, so. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't been able to watch a lot of the new stuff, but I've enjoyed going back and watching the Taker stuff. And like this was, like, I don't know if it lived up to the hype, but I mean, I thought it was cool. It was cool, and I could see if it, when I was a kid, if I'd have seen this, and I thought it was pretty neat, you know. Um, and it and it allowed for like this first time that the Undertaker kind of went away after a couple of years. He came back, and he was the same character but just a little bit different you know it was like the first evolution of this character um so i, I think that's a very important match because like it, that, that allowed for these multiple returns and you know continuous yeah. evolution of this character you know it didn't have to be the exact same thing it could always be yeah, you, you train your audience that this is plausible you know mm -hmm. and it becomes the truth yeah it's, yeah so yeah, it's just cool. So after three tombstones, the under faker is gone forever. <laughs> uh, you like that? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I told you somebody, but <laughs> uh, Brian Lee would go on to be like uh, he did some Smoky Mountain stuff, and I think he was also part of the DOA. I think he was Chains, the bald headed biker gang with Crush and the Attitude Era. Oh, okay. Um, well, Crush was in DOA too. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I think he was the boss of DOA after he got kicked out of the nation. If I remember that correctly. But yeah. Um, Crush had a lot of evolutions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. damn self. You could have just changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you take the face paint off, he's not Crush anymore. You know, there's, there's no axe and smash. There's no need to be just Crush. I don't know. Crush is like a sun orange drink that is pretty delicious, but <laughs> crush, crush is someone you like. A cr crush is somebody you like. But um, yeah. So I mean, like, it, uh, like again, a, a great choice I think for what we're trying to do. Just pick some non WrestleMania matches and like so that we that we remember, you know. And like I had again, I had, it's my first time really sitting down and watching this thing. Love the Leslie Nielsen parts. I'm a huge fan of him, but they hyped this yes, up. Yes, yes. And it, I don't know if it lived up to the hype, but it still, it allowed for better things in the future. So the one true Undertaker survived. And Jake, you're up number three. What did you pick? All right, so this next match, um, also like Bob, this one is, this one is not my favorite Taker match. Uh, my favorite Taker match is actually at one at at a at a WrestleMania, so and we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> so um, I am uh, my pick is 
the Hell in a Cell at King of the Ring 1998, which is exactly 22 years ago, uh, 22 years ago today, which is uh, crazy. Yeah, when which you mentioned crazy. that, I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, to the day, 22 years, man. 22 years ago today, that happened, June 28, wow. 1998. Uh, it's the King when, of the Ring. Uh, go, uh, go, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, we have to talk about this one at – you know, at some point, I mean, it's one of the most talked about matches of all time. Like, like even, oh, yeah. like, like, like even people, like even there's, there's people who don't even watch wrestling who know about this match, <laughs> who knows about this. They, they know, you know, they know everything that happened. They, they know all the j- the shit Jr. was shouting. They just know everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy. But like, yeah. So Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring. Uh, Undertaker versus Mankind, and these, and this is probably which is one of the, probably the greatest rivalries in wrestling history. Undertaker and Mankind, um, they pushed the envelope every time they, they every, every every they they like th- th- these these are two guys that push each other every match and push the envelope in wrestling and like innovated like these crazy style type matches and shit. So um, you had to pick this one. Um, and this is the second Hell in Cell match in history of WWF. And Undertaker was in the first one with my favorite, uh, with my favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels. That was the first one. This is the second one. Uh, probably talk about the first one later on as we honor Taker's career. But yeah, this one, this, this I had to choose this one. It's like, like we we got to set it off with this one. We're gonna talk about Taker, like yeah. definitely. And I completely agree. I mean, it's the match that really, I count on kind of my opinion, it really made Mick Foley. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it in, it, it, I don't know how or, I mean, like, or why, but necessarily like, but this is like the match that like really brought him up to the next, this, like this, this tier of where fans were truly, invested in this person like if he's willing i guess if it's more i guess it was a feeling of if he's willing to do that then you're like by god then by god we're behind him you know and like i loved his book like mick foley's first book is one of my favorite books of all time it was like i think it was the first book i read outside of school um like your mandatory reading and stuff so and like i loved it and like he talks a lot about this match and like if you watch like his document his like short reality series on um wb network there's a moment where he's walking through like the 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 famous warehouse where they just have all this stuff you know um and he they walk and like him and his daughter kind of they walk up on the deconstructed hell the original deconstructed hell in a cell and he's just standing there looking at it and he just, he gets emotional, like just thinking about it, you know? Um, and it was kind of like, it was like an unexpected thing and he got kind of walks off the camera and stuff, but it was just, and it was, it's very real. And like, they even have like a series where he does like a, like a live performance now kind of talking about it, like tw- after the 20 year anniversary, like this was a huge <laughs> moment in wrestling history. And Jake, to bring up your point about like this is the second hell in a cell. And, I used to think that like the first one ruined it because they broke out of the, the cell 
and they and they got on top of the case and they did so much it's like if you're ever going to do this again what the fuck you know yeah what's left <laughs> um so I, I didn't like it because i was like that's a cool that's a cool uh, the the image was cool and it was a cool style of match and i thought they kind of ruined it by doing all that but then watching this again and kind of thinking about that i was like but if they hadn't done that this wouldn't have happened right yeah man i forgot i even forgot how this match started because i i mean i guess i we always watch the part from from the big fall and that's about it like how many times have you seen that clip in the beginning of pay-per-views or best ofs or anytime mick foley you know even does an interview with something that's not wwe related you're like that's that's his moment that is it that is the pinnacle and this uh, and yeah this may make yeah this definitely may make foley and like the yeah like the match starts like the the, the match starts uh on top of the cage mick foley goes right to the top of the fucking cage and yeah. starts there um Taker throws his ass off the uh, throws his ass off the cage right through the Spanish announce table. And you see the cage buckling under their weight, though. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah this like, like, yeah, this thing yeah. is not. This thing is like completely new. Like the one they have now is not made the same. Like there were zip ties, like holding some of this mesh together, and then things are just popping. And like the cage is, yeah. like you hear the crowd like going, oh, like you know, going, holy shit, and right. Then, Big Foley flies off. Like there's like a couple of seconds of delay in like reaction because everybody's just like, what the, f-? you know, people stand up and then like, it's like one, 1,000. And then this, everybody starts, starts, starts screaming, you know, and JR is good God that killed him. That it's killed God, him. Yeah. It's God yeah. is my witness. He is broken in half. Crazy. You know what I, I've I, never focused on until this, this time, you know, I watched it this morning. Um, the guys who are sitting at the Spanish announce table. Oh, they got hurt too. Yeah, there's three. Yeah, there's three of them. Uh, the, the, there's one on each side and one directly in the middle. And the guy in the middle barely, if he actually got out of the way, barely. Like, you can tell he got kind of fucked up too, like, like you just said. And then even after, like, one of the guys on, on the side looked like he's, like, I, I got as far as away as I can, but who knew, like, this table just exploded. And I'm, like, at ground zero on this shit. Like, holy fuck. That yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. I think one of the Spanish guys, I, I swear, I can't remember, I could seen in some kind of, like, at some point, then I saw, I thought I saw a clip of one of them got, one of them was bleeding. Oh, wow. I, I can believe it. I know one of I think one of them for sure hurt their knee. Their knee got hurt like really bad. Um but I think um oh go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 man. No, it's all you do. Go ahead. Uh I think that um <laughs> like that that that's like that fall that that was that was the thing. But then like 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 but then like when he's getting wheeled off and then he gets back up. And he goes back and he climbs on top again. Again. I mean, that's the moment where like, oh shit. That is this the guy's like, the real. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's I mean that's the, the crowd moment. gets behind it. Like hundred percent. That's when the crowd that's when the crowd's like, We love Mick Foley. We love him. We love mankind. 
dude, we love all your fucking care. We love Mick. We love all your fucking shit. We all love all the Mick faces Foley. of Foley. We yeah. love Mick Foley. That's that's the moment when like he goes back on top, climbs back on top. Undertaker like, all right, you fuck it, let's go back up. <laughs> He's like, let's go back up here. You know what I'm saying? And 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 like like not not doesn't even take that long to <laughs> to get. Choke slam through the fucking through the roof of the fucking cage. Yeah, that came a lot faster oh, than I remembered too. Like that that moment came so much faster yeah. than I thought. Yeah. Uh, and like there was one moment that I remember seeing, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw it. I, mean, I might have just missed it, or I don't know if it was if it was edited out or something. But like when Foley starts climbing the cage again, like the taker is on the opposite side and he's almost down. Mm-hmm. Like he has that look of shock on his face. Like yeah, mother, really. All right, and yeah. I, and we got to remember like the Undertaker character right now is going through a change again, where he's becoming like the super dark character. So like, yeah, this really cemented that for him too, though, by being so bad that he's Sadistic. he's gonna yeah. kill this dude. He don't care. He just threw him off this cage. And yeah. Then like so like the original plan was like there was a like a, a part of that the, that that square that he fell through they were supposed to kind of like i think make how was gonna like it was gonna break it and then kind of climb down into the ring that was the original plan yeah. uh but of course that didn't happen like when he got choke slammed you know mick foley doesn't leave his feet really for it thank god because if he had he'd be dead um but like the cage gives way and he goes down and the chair follows him and lands right on his mouth. Mm. Knocking, like cutting a hole like through his bottom, like below his lip on his lower teeth and knocking his upper tooth out of his mouth and then up through his nasal cavity back into the beard. I, I still don't understand how that happens. Like, like the, the, the anatomy of that, this is so nuts. Like, Having your tooth come out at the bottom of your nose. Oh. It's crazy, man. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it sounds, I mean, like, I, I get how it can happen, but like, still just like, what the, f-? you know? And like, I, th- you know, like everybody, I thought it was like a booger when I first saw the clips, you know? And it was like, yeah, oh, yeah. His tooth. Or I thought it was like his nose broken or something. Yeah. And, and he and but the entire time, like Jr. is pointing out, like, like he's fucking smiling. He's smiling the, <laughs> he's, smiling. Yeah. he's smiling the whole time. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, and he and he really wasn't nuts, smiling. Man. Actually, he was trying to stick his tongue through that hole. Oh, it was under his lip to like show that to give that visual, you know. But it looked, but it came off like he was smiling and like. <laughs> Jay, wow. and then Which, Jay, I don't know, to me, it's creepier. <laughs> and, like, JR and, like, Jerry Lawler are, like, just really, like, calling this, like, from the heart. And like, Jim, like, Jerry Lawler's, that blood in his mouth, I think, is from his insides. <laughs> I think he is badly injured. Right, bleeding, right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, you know, JR, stop the damn match. <laughs> 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 and uh, you, you see Undertaker climb down and fall into the ring and then like hobble uh it's because he he i thought he had hurt his knee when i first saw this like when i was younger but i kind of he had he actually had a broken foot 
going into this. Oh. Yeah. So like, there's like all these things that were happening that like wouldn't be able to happen today that caused all this, you know. Um, I, I want to bring something up. <laughs> what the fuck? He had a broken foot. Wow, he broke his foot. So you mean tell me, uh, Michael Jordan broke his foot. Undertaker broke his foot. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Michael Jordan has a. Uh, a documentary chronicling, chronicling his last season called Last Dance. Undertaker has uh, a documentary chronicling his last few years called The Last Ride. I just, I just want to point that out. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> that's Undertaker crazy. is the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I think that's a fair I mean, I think that's I mean, a fair I mean, I mean, the WrestleMania streak, you know, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody ever beat Michael in the finals, but you know, like, yeah, <laughs> we, that's a, that's a safe, yeah, that's a safe assessment. That's yeah, he pretty that's much a, is. Good thing that's a fair comparison, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but um, um that's interesting. Yeah, he broke his foot. Yeah. So, so there and like there was no build up to the match, which is why Mick Foley wanted to make it like crazy because like you had to one you had to follow the first one and two like they had this great rivalry but like then they're getting put in this match that's pretty cold like there's no real build-up to it and it's gonna like damage the legacy of like their rivalry so like he really wanted to try something and yeah but when he falls to that cage and like he is knocked silly and you can tell he's out of it and like terry funk buys him time and good old terry yeah, <laughs> Terry gets choke slammed and loses his shoes. Yeah, and his hat. He he lost everything. <laughs> Which good on old Terry Funk. He like loosened his shoes up and just left him lying in the ring. <laughs> like Terry Funk just got choke slammed out of his shoes, and like he just uh, Mick gives enough gives mankind enough time to like stand up, unbelievably, and like start quasi fighting back and you can see when they when they go when they, they go out when they both go outside of the ring like mankind's finally back with it like aware of what's happening i think um <laughs> at least somewhat and this is also the first time we ever saw thumbtacks in the wwf which was just crazy and like the crowd went crazy for that too uh i mean this match I can't, I don't know. I mean, I can't describe, it's just, it's, it's iconic and it just changed a lot of things in the WWF and it changed everything from Mick Foley, but, man, there's just so much violence in it. And it's like, thank God everybody, everyone being okay. At the same time, like, right. good Lord, this was like unforgettable. Like in every, like every moment of it was just unforgettable. Like, you know, his shoulder was dislocated from the fall and I think they popped it back in, but he still couldn't use his arm very well. Yeah. He Man. still managed to climb back up somehow, you know. Now they have holes in the side for people to put their put their so their boat boots can fit in the cage. Um, it's just it's nuts, like all the stuff. It, it, it's oof. it's like so quick, but at the same time, it's like good lord, like man, it, it's amazing. You can't, yeah, man. Like I've never seen a match that like I I, I never seen a match when it, like someone gets totally pummeled or pulverized, like just fucked up <laughs> like any worse way. And 
like he and it changes their it changes like the their image, the crowd's image of them or whatever. It just changes them. You know what I'm saying? Like I never seen that. Like never not even like with the with Brett and Austin. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like even like Stone Cold lost like Stone Cold's in a sharpshooter and he didn't give up. He's bleeding he, and he lost and he's still respected. But this is like on some other shit. Like damn, like you got thrown off you got thrown off the cage. You got choke slammed through the cage. You got you got backdropped on the thumbtacks. Then you got choke slammed onto the thumbtacks. <laughs> chair went through. Yeah. Chair fucked your lip and your your teeth up. You just you just all fucked up in the game, <laughs> like all the way in this match. And the crowd's like, and it's like, like they're looking at Mick Foley in a different light. Like they're just on his team. <laughs> but like you said, Alex, um, with Taker, like. Yeah, I'm not looking looking back on it now. Like, like I feel like, at, 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 like going on, like going further, like um, as far as um, going further in the Taker's career, like yeah, he became a lot more violent. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like he did a lot more violent shit. Like I can recall, like just like the, like, like like uh like like. The Bear Live match with Austin and all that shit, or breaking or breaking Vince's leg on Raw and all that shit. Like he's, he's just, yeah, he went through. Yeah, he got way more violent, and then the yeah. that weird, and then the weird yeah. cult shit he was on too. Yeah, that the super dark, like Lord of Darkness taker. Like this really helped yeah. get that going. Like because people yeah. weren't, people were still cheering and like, and they they even did. I mean, they of course they're all the, some people were always going to cheer the Undertaker, but like that really. Like the the violence of this match really helped that dark character kind of come like come to full, I guess, evolution. Like it was like, yeah, this is like this Undertaker is like bad. You know, he he just does not care, and he's just going to hurt things. You know, <laughs> it's like truly dark. And it it I, I mean, I, 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 we could talk about this all this match all day, honestly. And it's not even that long, but it's just just shocking and shocking and shocking. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason, like you said, there's a reason why we show that clip all the time during the pay per views. Because, man, the willingness, like, think about his day leading up to this. He he woke up, knew that he was going to have a wrestling match, and that this was going to be a spot or it's two spots that he was going to have to do. And he still showed up to work. I wake up for work, and if I think the roads are going to be too icy, I skip. So, like, God bless it, man. I, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, commitment to the craft, you know, just that. And I think that's exactly the feeling that everybody had. Like, this guy is willing to do anything to make like, And then, like, with Mick, he – uh. He, he eventually became a face, like after this. <laughs> he, that's yeah. when he, he became a face. So yeah. Like, this is the, the, so yeah. This is pretty much like a double turn. This is this is all. This is almost like a double turn. It's not like an instant double turn, but this kind. This match is kind of like a double turn if you look at it. it like, yeah, it's setting the. Uh, yeah, it's it's setting us up for it. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think that's actually a good, really good point. It kind of was like a double turn almost. Um, it kind of solidified the integers being more evil and it really made the, the person Mick Foley and whatever character he chooses to play, like it put it, put him in the hearts of everybody. You know, they, like it just, 
wasn't expected and I don't know if it was planned and like at least like to like to that extent but made that son bitch a hall of famer and a main eventer and it is the match that will that is it's the it is the hell in a cell match you know no matter what they do anybody does and I mean and people can jump off the, jump off the cage and stuff which is shorter now it's not as tall as it was then yeah and um, that you can add as many, you, but, yeah. You add as many people. I mean, to it. yeah. yeah. Shane just did that this year, or like last year, jumped off the. It did a similar stunt, but you know, it's it's never gonna be the same. Yeah, and I I, I don't think anybody should ever do that again because it out it, it yeah. almost tries to cheapen that one moment, which is just it's not which is not not gonna be cheapened, and like that that's it, man. You, nobody should fly off that thing unless like the story just builds to it and like you're and it's like, unless it's the perfect moment because that that's it. That is the moment, you know, um, keeping a hell in cell in the ring would be something new. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's just, there's so many iconic undertaker moments and I, I can't wait to do like another one of these where we just pick three, you know, random matches. Because we're gonna have so many great WrestleMania matches to talk about, but yeah, this has been fun, and you know, thank you, Undertaker. Congratulations on the retirement. Yes, he's, sir. He's a first-round ballot Hall of Famer, which we'll probably get to see him again at the Hall of Fame in uh, 2021. I don't know who can induct him other than maybe maybe Mick Foley or Vincent Man himself. I think it should be Vincent Man himself personally. Who do you think should induct the Undertaker? Have we ever seen? Have we ever seen Vince like? No, no, he he, he didn't want to be mentioned in the Hall of Fame at the Hall of Fame ceremony. He yeah. just he's just backstage, and I think it would be a good showing if he came out and, in, and inducted the Undertaker. Right? I agree. That guy's done so much for Vince. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah. Either, yeah. Either him or Mick. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think one of the yeah, I think those are those are the two, those are the two. I think you should choose, like you choose, or 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 Brian Lee. <laughs> they induct the Undertaker and Brian Lee. Brian come, Lee. Brian, what if Brian Lee came out when they inducted the Undertaker? He just comes out. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, and the real Undertaker's not retired. He's not retired. <laughs> <laughs> the fake one retired. Uh, oh god, that'd be funny. That's uh, so. Fun. I would. I would love that. <laughs> and halfway through the halfway through his like like uh, his speech, the real Undertaker comes out like, "What the fuck, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch!" Oh, Not man. again. There we go. <laughs> you guys, I, I know you haven't seen all the episodes of the Last Ride documentary yet, but like, please do. Like, there's a moment when Vince actually gets broken up and makes the camera cut. Um, by the by the single question like what ha can you describe to me like what the undertaker has meant to you and this company and like he immediately gets like teary-eyed and just says cut and like they they kept that he says you and, 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 they, they kept it and he, and he said makes the cut symbol and then he's like you can't ask me that question and then like they cut away um wow yeah, like this is the this is under Vincent Mann's greatest character creation period. It's the greatest character I think in the history of wrestling. 
and there's so much more to talk about and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's bittersweet that we've seen the end of the uh, undertaker uh, at least for now, who knows, but for that until next time, guys, my name is Alex Ketchum. I'm Bob Wick. Jake Russell. And one last time, thank you, Taker, and we'll be going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.